Hey, welcome in to Mining Stock Daily and some post-market commentary today on a Wednesday afternoon. Uh, going over the numbers here just briefly, uh, gold's hanging in a slight increase over this trend line that we've been mentioning over the last couple days. It's sitting at 1722 uh, with about less than an hour left in trading in the COMEX. So let's hopefully see that trend continue to happen because I think it closed above here. Uh, we'd see a nice move upward, moving on up. But uh, no, don't hold me. To, don't hold my feet to the fire. Uh, silver uh, hanging in there, up a little bit today. Uh, but the miners, unfortunately, getting a little sold off with the uh, rest of the market. Uh, we're seeing the the S and P was down 1.75 percent. The Nasdaq down just over 1% and the Dow Jones was down 2%. So we did see increased sell-off throughout the major indices here in the United States. But we're going to stick with the mining uh, stocks and some junior mining exploration ideas here today jo joining me. Uh, first time on the show, uh, first time caller, longtime listener, I believe, is Mr. Thibaut Lepetra from Caesars Report. Thibaut, it's good to chat with you, my friend. How are you doing? Hi, Trevor. Uh, thanks for having me. How are you doing? I, I'm hanging in there. You know, it's a beautiful sunny day here in Denver. I can't complain. Um, I thought we'd start off because it has been the major news from today from the Junior Explorers. In fact, kind of timely because you and I were both on the same site visit down to Motherlode mm -hmm. in February. Uh, exceptional drill results out this morning. Uh, able to hit some really wide intervals of pretty good grade oxide gold underneath the original Motherlode deposit. Uh Give me your thoughts here, because you and I had a lot of discussion about this over the site trip. So mm -hmm. what are you thinking now? Yeah, well, it uh, looks pretty interesting. So uh, as you correctly say, the, uh, well, Corvus Gold needed to expand the mineralization further away from the old historic mother load pit. So the drill hole that they announced today is ex well, explicitly and effectively doing that. Uh, I believe it's 125 meters with an average grade of 2.6 grams per ton. So even though it's relatively deep, that's still mineable and still workable for uh, for that type of grade. So uh, I think this kind of drill interval is, a, is as good as Corvus actually expected beforehand. So it's an important uh, addition to the uh, mother load pit because it's just 100, 150 meters away from it. So and this together with some sort of agreement with Kerr to further expand the uh, the existing pit should help uh, Corvus Gold to uh, to improve the economics of the project even further later this year. Yeah, it's interesting and I oh, my first thought I didn't really I don't think I really spoke with Jeff about it on record, but my thought was is there potential for that deposit the new, the new mineralized zone actually so big that it goes beyond that of the mother load boundaries. <laughs> so that's uh, it's really interesting. We'll see how that plays out. Um, and I will mention to uh, in the original interview I had with Jeff earlier this morning, early afternoon, the last three minutes got cut off on the original interview. So if you do want to go back and listen to the end of that recording, it is fixed and up and going and uh, the internet's doing its thing and, and re-uploading what has been missed right now. So uh, mm -hmm. sorry for the technical difficulties, everybody, but it does happen. And thank you for pointing that out to me. Um, uh, Tebow, let's, I, there's a couple other things I want to talk to you about other than today's news. And let's just go about it's kind of the overall picture and your idea of where we're at, where we're at with capital flowing into junior resources. We've seen the royalty plays grab some cash. We've seen the majors and some of the mid tiers really have a nice run. Uh, we're not seeing a whole lot of capital come into the uh, junior explorers. Maybe if they have a 
better developed deposit or have money in the bank, that type of thing. Uh, where do you think we're at in this cycle and what's it going to take to really bring mm-hmm. bring more green fields uh, ex- exploration, uh, give them some more capital here? Mm-hmm. I think your assessment is correct. So uh, you see a lot of uh, capital flowing into these senior producers. They are the best proxy to play the sector. You also see more attention for the mid-tiers. But uh, as you correctly point out, the real exploration stage companies are still, I wouldn't say starving for capital, but uh, still have difficulties to, uh, to raise enough capital to keep things going. So I have the impression that the appetite for really earlier stage company still isn't there unless you are surfing on uh, uh, certain waves of, of early excitement like the uh, exploration stories like Rupert's in uh, in, uh, in in Finland or for instance the Great Bear up in the uh, Red Lake, uh, Red Lake uh, Mining District. So for the other smaller companies it's still tougher to find capital and to be honest I would have expected that the mid-tiers or senior producers which are almost literally printing cash right now would have stepped in and uh, would have engaged in more strategic investments and partnerships with those smaller companies. So it's, uh, I think the next few weeks and months will determine how the junior sector will uh, behave in, uh, over the next two or three years. Will we see cash inflow from the capital markets or from the uh, existing mining companies? That's the big question, I think. Yeah. Uh, you, you mentioned Great Bear. I mean, that market cap is just going berserk uh, after the latest mm-hmm. drill results uh, earlier this week. And, you know, it's pretty interesting to see a, a junior exploration company such as that with a massive market cap, but no resource and uh, no economic data on the whole thing. Does that surprise you at all? Yes and no. On the one hand, as you indeed point out, the market cap is now, what, about half a billion dollars for a company with although very exciting drill results, no research estimate yet. So uh, there's a lot of anticipation built in, and it's now up to Great Bear to uh, try to deliver on that anticipation. But it shows that if you can get the market excited about something, that excitement can actually create a uh, some sort of stepping stone or a platform to further continue to uh, to grow on. Because... The share price quickly rebounded since uh, since what was it March halfway March when it was trading below four dollars. Well, the company is now raising money at uh, at seventeen dollars in a flow through placement. So uh, both things go hand in hand. Um, the original excitement helped to uh, to increase the profile of the company and in the investment community, which then in turn helped to well the company to raise the money that it needs to continue drilling and that by itself the new drill results will then continue to feed into the uh, existing excitement so uh yeah it's 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 an interesting story it's an uh, it shows how excitement works in the market mm-hmm. hey, what are some other stories that maybe you've been following and are excited about that maybe a little bit under the radar or, or you think uh, people interested in speculating in junior resources should be aware of um, if you'd want to stay in safer jurisdictions, but uh, let's focus on North America first and even the Red Lake uh, Gold District. So Great Bear got, uh, got a ton of excitement the past few uh, weeks and months, but investors still seem to be overlooking uh, nearby Rubicon Minerals. Hmm. So Rubicon was a failure, a total failure a few years ago when uh, they didn't do enough infill drilling to make sure that the mine plan actually could be converted into a real world uh, ounces as well. But the new management team has done a great job in turning things around. So they do have an existing mill in the Red Lake District. But what's more important is that they have an enormous uh, deficit on the balance sheet. So uh, 
that by itself, I think it's at six or seven hundred million Canadian dollars. So any near-term producing company or, or production company could just try to acquire Rubicon for those assets by itself and get the ounces and the mill uh, thrown in for free. So uh, I understand that a failed company is not an easy one to have a second look at, but Rubicon has more than, than meets the eye here. So I think that would be an interesting one uh, to keep an eye on, especially because we've seen three or four acquisitions this week alone. So uh, M&A is clearly heating up in the space. So uh, I think the combination of a safe jurisdiction, some ounces, a mill and a uh, large deficit on the balance sheet could make Rubicon quite an attractive one. Well, they had drill results out this morning. I mean, it was a rather small intersection, four meters, but mm-hmm. the grade was just exceptional, over 130 grams per ton gold. Yep. So exactly. It's unbelievable. Yep. What mm-hmm. else? Uh, let's let's step outside North America. What are some of the companies you're looking at that maybe uh, you would encourage other speculators to keep an eye on? Um, well, uh, still in North America, I would say Integra Resources still provides uh, interesting upside value. So uh, the company is still only up, uh, I would say, uh, about thirty percent since uh, the beginning of April. So that combined with a resource of in excess of four million ounces and an existing PEA, which only includes less than half of the resource, uh, could provide an interesting platform for a, a mid-tier producer to uh, continue to build an asset base in the uh, in the Americas and more specifically in North America. I think that's also one that uh, should be on several radar screens. Okay. Well, you are based in Belgium, and so I did want to ask you about uh, kind of the European appetite for speculation and resources. I mean, uh, you know, I I don't – I kind of lack some of the knowledge of some of the companies that are based in European exploration that maybe just have a London exchange um, listing. Uh, But, you know – Obviously, Adriatic hits the wire uh, quite a mm-hmm. bit. A lot of people are excited. There's, there's a lot of talk online about Adriatic. Uh, Paul Cronin's done a, a very nice job with that company. Um, what are some other companies that may be on the European listings that uh, you know maybe are a good story to be following right now as well? Uh, on European listings, I would say there's very few of them. Um, you point out there are quite a few listings in London. That is correct. But let's put it this way and I'll be nice is that most of the companies that are trading in London are not held at the same standards as Australian or American or Canadian companies would be. So you see a lot more hobby companies, so to speak. You also see a lot of companies that where management is trying to get things done, but don't necessarily or aren't necessarily able to get it across the finish line. So right now, Trevor, in my portfolio, I don't have a single company listed in uh, London that isn't listed anywhere else. Oh, right. I don't see quality. There's very few, very, very few quality uh, names in, in London these days. All right, very interesting. What about some of the African plays that have a lot of people have been uh, putting uh, a lot of speculation into African plays? Any one of those uh, companies? I mean, obviously, there's a lot of anything out of Africa that really uh, you're paying attention to? Um, I'm a big fan of Ruskin Gold company came a little bit slow out of the gate about a year, year and a half ago, and they uh, they had some initial uh, drill success. But it's only since uh, earlier this year that the, uh, the market got really excited because the company was able to uh, to encounter really thick and high-grade gold intercepts in uh, in Mali, which is, uh, well, the project is very close to both Beta Gold and IM Gold. Um, so um, as far as, as an M&A target goes, 
in Africa. I think Roskengold is is doing extremely well, and, and I think I think also think it has surpassed a lot of people's expectations because the company had about sixty or sixty-five million warrants out at twelve and twenty-two cents. Uh, honestly, I didn't expect the company to break through the ceiling of those warrants, but uh, they've proven me wrong and are trading at around uh, 38 or 40 cents these days. Okay. And deservedly so. All right. Uh, Tebow, your website's called caesarsreport.com. You can obviously find mm-hmm. that online. Can you give us kind of an understanding of your business model and, and why you write some of the stuff you do? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So um, I work with sponsoring companies. Let's be clear about that. So um, I have about 12 to 15 uh, sponsors on the website. I try to be commodity agnostic. So as my background is not being an engineer, not being a geologist, but uh, more numbers related, I try to look at stories that make sense. So every company that's on there, uh, well, every sponsoring company, I also have a uh, personal position in because that's what usually keeps me honest. So it's, it's your own money and uh, at risk as well. Doesn't mean, of course, that you're always right. I mean, everyone always makes mistakes. So uh, it, it's yeah, it just try to improve the odds of companies that are uh, able to uh, uh, to to actually define or build out an economic deposit. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, how can people reach you? they have any questions uh there's a contact form on the website itself my email address is on there so uh, that would be the uh, easiest way to uh, to uh, to get in contact with me all right tebow thank you so much for your time appreciate it and uh hopefully we can do this again thank you trevor